Hello, team, and welcome to Bureaucracy. I'm your host, Emily Gross, and I'm so excited today because a very special guest. His name is Joe Moreno. He's a formal federal prosecutor, and he's here to talk to us all about WTF is happening with the documents and presidential documents being just popping up like, you know, jack in the box, just like, hello, what's going on? So, Joe, so happy to have you. Thank you for being here. Hey, Emily, it's great to join you. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself? And then the question I always like to ask is, why should we trust you? Sure. Hey, good question, right, Emily? <laughs> so I've been very fortunate to, have, to be a lawyer for now, going over a little over 20 years. Wow. And uh, while I started in the, in the corporate area in New York City, um, I, I joined the Army Reserve early in my, in my tenure, about 20 years ago, um, was, was sent overseas to, first to Germany and then to, then to Iraq and then to uh, the Horn of Africa. And uh, my career kind of migrated more in the national security direction. So after a few more years of practicing law in New York City, I moved down here to Washington. I became a federal prosecutor with the Department of Justice in the National Security Division, the counterterrorism section. Okay. So I, I really got a, a fantastic opportunity to spend years with the government prosecuting uh, terrorism crimes, financial, financial crimes, uh, working with the FBI, working with the Department of Homeland Security, working with wow. the intelligence community. A lot of what we did was classified, so I have right. quite a, a <laughs> lot of uh, experience in the rules of the road when it comes to how to handle classified information. Uh, and then I spent some time with the FBI um, on what was the 9-11 Review Commission back mm -hmm. in 2014. Um, we're again dealing with lots of classified information and taking a look at how the FBI and the rest of the law enforcement and intelligence communities are handling our nation's national security. So awesome. uh, um, I now work for a defense contractor in the technology space. Uh, we still do classified work for the U.S. government. And so, um, again, national security and dealing with classified you know, information has been a big part of my career, both the government and now even in the private sector. Awesome. I trust you already. Also, just because I'm nosy. Um, what's your classification clearance? Are you allowed to tell me? Oh, <laughs> right. Well, I'm still in the reserves, so I still maintain a uh, a security clearance as a as a as a member of the military. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, I want to know all the secrets, but I'll I'll refrain. <laughs> what are we drinking? Well, it's a it's, bigger uh, podcast. I'm still, yeah, I'm still in that winter time mode. Yeah, so what are you doing? Like Sam Adams, a little on the on the, on the dark side. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, good for you. I uh, it's a Sunday, right? Right. Yeah. For the listeners here, Joe has nine kids. So this podcast is an excuse for him to drink. And I'm happy to provide that service for you. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Any yeah. excuse I can get. Right. And then I have Save the Robots, an East Coast IPA. This is in my fridge from a previous podcast. And money doesn't grow on trees. So we're going to be drinking the four pack I got. So why don't you give us a little bit of a breakdown of what's going on with the documents, especially what's happening with Biden. Sure. And, and Emily, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like we've all been getting a crash course in the different levels of classification and what is classification and who's allowed to take what, where, and, and, and yeah. you know, the rules for presidents and other VIPs differ for those of the rest of us. And so basically what we're learning these last few weeks is that um, now President Biden, back from his time as Vice President Biden under the Obama administration, and even going back apparently earlier to his time in the Senate, where he spent something like 40 years, um, apparently documents that were that, that were classified made their way in his in his custody to other locations outside of the vice president's residence or other places, um, making their way in, in part to uh, an office held by now President Biden 
at, at, at University of Pennsylvania here in Washington, D.C., and others at his personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. So um, you know, why is that a problem, right? Classified documents, whether they at whatever level of classification, whether it's confidential, secret, top secret, top secret T SCI, and, and so on, there are certain places and certain systems on which it's appropriate to view those kind that kind of information. And since we're talking about hard copy paper, let, let's kind of keep it to that, right? If you have a, a hard copy classified document, generally the only place where it's appropriate to view, handle, share with someone else is in the confine of what they call a SCIF, a secure compartmented information facility. These are usually literally life, you know, life-size safes where you walk through a solid door with a combination lock and sometimes other fancier locks and it's very controlled and everyone who goes in has to log in and log out and, yeah. and, and, and taking it out of a, of a skiff is quite a process. Now, if you're the president or your secretary of state or your national security advisor or these very, very high level people, there are ways for them to properly transport hard copy documents, but that's usually with either an aid or, or, or some kind of very, very secure process to take it from one skiff to another skiff. Um, they don't belong in your car. They don't belong in your home. They don't belong in a personal office at a university or anything like that. So, so that's, that's the problem that President Biden is finding himself in. Um, and like, like I said, these documents are not from his time as president, apparently, for the last two years. They, they, they apparently go back to his time before he was president. Uh, and that raises some, some legal issues for him. With these Biden documents, they are popping up sporadically. They did find more recently as well. Can you lead us through? I mean, we don't know what the classification markings are yet. And so this obviously brings up a lot of red flags. And I think a lot of people are also comparing comparing what's going on to what happened with Trump and his documents. And I would love for you to also talk about what's going on with Donald Trump and his documents. And then we can kind of analyze both of these situations in a way that's hopefully as fair and nonpartisan as possible and see some of the differences in how both of these presidents have handled these situations and the legal issues facing them. Sure, Emily. And so I, and I think I'll, I'll go with the same caveat you just made, which is that we there's a lot we don't know, right? So everything we're talking about, we're kind of relying on what we're learning in the, the media and some of these facts may change as our knowledge evolves. But based on what we know, you have the Biden situation, right? Where you have some number, it seems like a dozen to, to a little more than a dozen in a few different locations that stem back, going back years, uh, we don't know what the classification level was. We don't know what the documents contained. Uh, there's a lot of sort of speculation in that area, but again, it's really just guesswork, right? So, uh, but, but the, the basic concept is that you have documents that were removed from wherever they originated and, uh, and went to a place where they shouldn't be. And, right. and now they've been identified turned over through the FBI to the National Archives, and we're working through what, if any, ramifications there should be. Donald Trump's situation, we know a little more about because we actually have court filings and we have you know, a little more information about that. And so what we know there is that some number of boxes of documents in the waning days of the Trump administration in January of 2021 uh, were shipped from here in Washington, D.C. down to Florida to the now former President Trump's personal residence at, at Mar-a-Lago. Now, 
it's, I've never been to it. I see it on television. I, it looks like a big <laughs> complex where there's right. people coming and going and it's go to a country club, residence, I, I don't know, club. Um, like any former president, it is guarded by the Secret Service because wherever Donald Trump or any other former president go, they receive Secret Service protection and that extends to their residences. But that does not make it a skiff. Right. So people, I think that's an important distinction there. Sure, it's more secure than my house because I don't have Secret Service guarding my house. Right, right. I have an eight-pound dog, you know, but it's also a great excuse to remember, don't bring work home with you, you know? It's all about the boundaries. <laughs> so so it, it may be more secure at Mar-a-Lago than many other places, but it's not, not a, an appropriate place to have classified information. And apparently there was quite a bit of it, right? Probably it sounds like over 100 documents and unclear if that's 100 pages or 100 documents, but we know it's a good amount. I was seeing uh, some numbers that it was like 11,000 documents with like tens, 20 boxes types of and stuff with like 300, I think, mm -hmm. documents that had very top secret or yeah, secret material, stuff. Material amount, no doubt. A lot, <laughs> a lot of paper, exactly. a lot of trees. Not, this is not a, a, a small, uh, yeah. right. Right. Not, a, not a small suitcase worth. I'm talking about no. the cartons worth, right? Okay. And so um, so, that, so they're shipped down to, to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, at some point, thankfully, I suppose, someone realizes these documents are at a place where they shouldn't be, and it gets reported. And then over the course of many months, this is out of the public view, uh, there are negotiations happening between the National Archives, where these documents belong after a president leaves office, and the former president. And his aides, I suppose, were negotiating or uh, fighting over where these documents should be. At some point, the National Archives throws up its hands and says, I, this is absurd. We're not getting anywhere. And they report it to the FBI, which at that point gets involved. And the FBI tries to negotiate the return of these documents with right. the former president. And at that point, at some point, they're getting some cooperation, but not full cooperation. And some documents are returned, but they're pretty sure that's not everything. At some point, the FBI and the Justice Department throw up its hands and say, we're not getting anywhere. We have to go to court. And so they get a grand jury subpoena to say to Donald Trump's lawyers, you have to promise that you returned everything that you should. And they, and they promise. And the FBI says, we still don't think we got everything back. And at some point, they again throw up their hands and say, this isn't working. Uh, we have to go in there and get it ourselves. And that's what, of course, that big raid at Mar-a-Lago we saw last, last right. August, which I can't believe is now five months ago. My God. So, Time flies. Um, so big differences here, right? Differences in the number of documents, differences in the, uh, in the way documents seemingly got from where they belonged to where they mm -hmm. didn't belong, and differences in the degree of cooperation, right? Which we see in the case of Donald Trump, which was not very cooperative, and the case of President Biden, which seems, you know, in all fairness, fairly, if not very cooperative, right? They seem right. like they are, you know, being straightforward and doing the right thing and saying, look, come get it, mea culpa, here it is. And, and you know, let's let the chips fall where they may. So I think at a very high level, those are the, you know, the differences that we're, we're seeing here. My question, and someone who's worked in this field for so long, in trying to give the benefit of the doubt, I feel like in Biden's case, I feel like a benefit of the doubt of just misplacing things. And I personally, I'm a very biased person. So it depends on how people feel. Uh, feels like more likely, you know, like I misplaced my credit card for two months and I was just like, yeah, I'll pop up eventually. So I understand, <laughs> you know, 
Whereas the conscious bringing of many, many documents to a personal residence does raise some more red flags for me. And so I kind of wanted to see your opinion on what do you think the motive was behind each of these presidents? Do you really think it is a forgetfulness thing? Or do you think there is some type of malignant factors at play? I'll start with Trump first. And I think, I think thankfully, thankfully, and I, I, think, I think I could say this somewhat fairly, I, I, it doesn't appear from what we know in either case that either one of these individuals were doing anything like selling these documents to the Russians or the Chinese or, mm-hmm. you know, leaking them to, to WikiLeaks. I mean, it didn't seem like there was that degree of uh, a breach of national security where anyone was misusing these classified documents for a purpose um, to actively harm the United States. All right? it, it does seem like the, the crime simply was taking documents from one place where they belonged and bringing them someplace else where they don't belong. And the differences are in sort of the volume and the reaction and, 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 and the circumstances like that. So I think that's a good thing, I think we could say. Donald Trump's uh, supporters are very quick to point out that Donald Trump, as the president, had the ultimate declassification authority. And we've heard Donald Trump say, this is no big deal right. because I declassified all these documents right before I left office. And so that's why it's not a big deal for me to have them down in Florida. Right? We don't need to worry about uh, whether they're in a skiff, because I declassified every one of these things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's a problem with that, but let's I'll just get to that in a minute. But but um, beside that, see, mm-hmm. there's, there's other problems that Donald Trump faces here. Let's assume, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he actually did declassify these documents. You still can't bring boxes of government records out of the White House when you leave the White House because they are the property of the United States. Right since 1978, I think, or 1977, when yeah. they passed the Presidential Records Act after Richard Nixon uh, left office, when apparently before this, presidents would take all kinds of stuff with them yeah. when they left when they left office, and they said, "All right, we we gotta we gotta straighten this out." So, so Donald Trump, even if you assume this is all declassified, and these are just boxes of other things, other yeah. declassified records, they don't belong to him, and they don't belong in Mar-a-Lago. They belong with the National Archives, and there's a process where former presidents can get certain things to their libraries, but that takes time. So uh, another problem, of course, is that it appears that Donald Trump or his lawyers or his aides, who eventually report to him, lied to the Justice Department about whether or not they had, what they had in Mar-a-Lago and what they had returned and what they had not returned. So, So Donald Trump has problems beyond just the classification of these documents, right? It's, it's, it's just custody of government records. Right. It's obstruction of justice with the Justice Department. So that's why you take the whole package there. You know, th- there might be political considerations for bringing a case against Donald Trump. But from a purely legal right. perspective, you got a pretty straightforward case. Now, again, it, it's a big deal to talk about charging a former president. So, you know, we can, we can discuss that. But I mean... Um, um, it's a fairly straightforward case when it comes to Donald Trump. And as far as the classification argument that people keep liking to, to fall back on, the problem with that argument is there's a process by which you're supposed to declassify documents. You're not just supposed to mm-hmm. think it in your head yeah. or snap your fingers. Even if you are the president, there's a process for striking out the classification markings and logging the fact that they are now declassified. And it seems like none of that has ever been done. And this uh, Donald Trump has also made a statement that um, he had this standing order 
that if he were if he removed classified documents from the White House, mm-hmm. they were automatically declassified. But the problem yeah. is again, no one has any knowledge of that standing. Feels a little Harry Potter. You wave a wand and then you decide, right? <laughs> so exactly. So so the the declassification argument falls apart pretty quickly. And like I said earlier, too, even if you get past that, though, even if you say, okay, you know what, fine, let's say you declassified them, you still have the problem of, of having presidential records, presidential material, where it's not supposed to be. And you still have a problem that you probably lied to the Justice Department. So Donald Trump's got a kind of a big package of, of a big mess sitting on there. And I think at this point, the only chance that he does not get charged is because right. of now what President Biden is facing and the sort of embarrassment factor here. Uh, right. It's not so much a legal, I think, standard. It's, okay, uh, and you know, can we really bring this case with everything else that's happened in the world? Um, and that's a you know, decision that prosecutors make all the time. The, the Biden case is a little more straightforward, okay? I mean, you know, the, the, the basic crime, if, if you will, is that if you intentionally or through gross negligence take classified documents from where they're supposed to be and bring them somewhere where they're not supposed to be with the intent to keep them or not return them, that's the crime, full stop. You don't have to sell them to the Chinese or destroy them or give them to WikiLeaks. Or, um, you, you have now completed the crime. And, and so now, obviously, factors such as when did you discover you had them? How forthcoming were you to turn them back in? All those great things, then okay, that, that will help your argument that, hey, maybe I technically violated the law, right. but here's why I shouldn't be prosecuted because there was no harm, no foul. I did the right thing. And, and so that's kind of, so that that's it seems like based on what we know, that's the territory that, that President Biden now finds. There's himself. definitely some palpable differences in uh, how in each case. Uh, what I do find interesting, though, is that they did find the first documents for Biden. I think. November 2nd, and it wasn't actually announced to the public until January, which obviously did some some flags and doesn't always look, it doesn't look the greatest for transparency with the American public. Well, I I mean, and and it wasn't necessarily, it was even announced, it was, it was broken by CBS News in early January. And then the White House, of course, had to respond to those reports. I think they had kind of hoped that it would just be taken care of and never come, you know, see the light of day. No, look, I, I think, look, whenever we have these high profile legal issues regarding, you know, Washington figures. There's the purely legal aspect of it, which guys like me help to handle. And then there's the political public relations aspect. And sometimes we scratch our heads saying, you know, gosh, we're doing our part in court, but you you folks that yeah. handle communications, like sometimes we don't get like it just it does seem like if 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 the Biden team had simply said this up front, yeah, it would have been a little embarrassing, right? Because of the Trump case. But okay, I think people, most people would have said, all right, these are old documents. He, 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 was, he, was, he was cooperative. He found them. He turned them in. But the fact that they kind of sat on it and the fact that they kept they keep it's finding not, it's more. It's not a great look. Like, gosh, guys, like, you know, you're kind of taking yeah. a situation that didn't have to be this bad. No, yeah. it's not. I, so I don't know. That, that's one thing that I've learned head. from just observing politics, just some decisions, you're just like, seriously? Really? This is what you decided to do? So let's go into a little bit of the history, because from my understanding, this is not the first time that presidents have taken home documents and not supposed to. So do you have any comparison to how anything like this happening before since 1978, since it became that 
all presidential documents are for the National Archives and not personal. Yeah, I've heard some anecdotes about things where, so keep keep in mind, I think a lot of this, this talk about these documents, we're thinking of, you know, eight and a half by 11 documents with classification markings at the top right. and at the bottom, and it kind of jumps out at you. And we say, okay, that, that's a classified document, right? Whether it's one page or a hundred pages, but that's, you know, but, but classified information, I mean, it, obviously if I took a photocopy of that document, that photocopy is similarly classified. If I hand wrote, if I hand wrote portions of a classified document onto a blank piece of right. paper, that is still classified, even though it's not marked because I, it's the information itself that's classified, not the fact that there's markings at the top and the bottom. And so I think we're, we're, we're past presidents, and I, I've heard, and other senior po- no, individuals, right. uh, and David Petraeus comes to mind, who was director of the CIA, when he had his own problem. Um, hmm. What they'll do is they'll write things in diaries and in calendars and entries, probably not even thinking about it, and they're taking that home with them. And then they, and then the, the realization comes out, yeah, probably you know, it, it might not jump out at you as, as a, you know, document right. with a cover sheet on it that clearly looks classified. The fact that you wrote these things down um, was probably a bit of a slip up. And there's, 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 there's talks of probably every president we've had since the seventies with some issues like this, no one has had an, a, 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 a matter as serious as what we've seen in the last few months uh, with, with former president Trump. Um, and of course, no president has ever been charged with, with anything. So, I mean, that when we, we, we kind of talk about, I feel, like, I feel like we're in a different uh, universe these last few years because Donald Trump has been, after relatively eight quiet years of, of the Obama administration, yeah. where they really, you know, we didn't deal with a lot of these issues. I feel like we spent yeah, four Donald years Trump with Donald Trump like talking about his legal problems. in a um, lawyer's And office. he was impeached a twice. Right? And, and, and <laughs> oh, I mean, right. fresh lawyers in Washington, right, it keeps us employed. It's great. But I, I, I think it's pretty tiring for the country. But it also, it's a reminder that, you know, if Donald Trump were charged, whether it's the, the documents at Mar-a-Lago case or with his involvement with the January 6th riots or what, for anything else, mm-hmm. frankly, that would be the first time a, a former president is charged right. with a crime. It's amazing to think that. So I think that has to be a factor also that while, and I, I don't envy the attorney general or the special yeah. counsel one bit because they've got the worst job in the world right now to have to make these decisions. Um, so again, it goes back to that, that idea that you may have all of the legal elements for a successful prosecution. It doesn't necessarily mean right. you want to bring that case because of all the other factors. And a, a big one is this is a former president we're talking about here. Let's say hypothetical, if Trump was charged, what would that look like? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a good question, right? So, I mean, right now we ha- he's a former president. He is a at least announced candidate for, 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 to run for president right. again against most likely the incumbent president. So there's, there's these heavy political undertones here. But in terms of just the mechanics of a prosecution, it would be a lot like if any of the rest of us get charged. You would negotiate his pre-trial situation since it's not violent. Most likely, wouldn't be in any kind of custody. Right. It would probably it would work its way through the court system. It would most likely be right here where I'm sitting in Washington D.C. because that's where most cases like this are, would be brought. So he would be facing a probably heavily Democratic 
jury pool, right. which is not not great for someone like Donald Trump. That has to factor in in the defense. Um, you'd you'd you would likely see extensive negotiations to avoid the humiliation of a trial and and you know of course incarceration. Um, so you'd see serious lawyering in the background going on, and uh, you would probably captivate the nation's uh, attention for months. Right. It would be it would be a, a, a yet another negative, unfortunately, headline grabber in the uh, in the long story of Donald right. Trump. I will say though, orange is his color, so I think it could really rock a jumpsuit. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, it's a very interesting case for both of them. And I think it's very interesting to have these parallels go parallels going on right now. Um, and obviously Merrick Garland is under extreme pressure to make sure that everything that is portrayed and handled is of the utmost fairness for each. But is there anything else that you think is really good for us to know about these situations or things to keep in mind? Well, I, I think, um, I think, I think there's two two things that come to mind. I mean, one one is I I think it's impossible to to compare the 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 Biden situation with the Trump situation without at least at all factoring in flashback 2016 the Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. situation because here here you have another VIP another well connected smart well-lawyered individual who had her own problem with classified information. It was different than this, these cases, right? That was actually more electronic. It, was, it had to do with a server and email, not, not hard copy stamped documents. And so situation was different. Uh, and in that case, obviously, Secretary Clinton was not charged, but there's a good likelihood it, it, it may have cost her the presidency. I mean, the, the timing of that and the perception of that, and that remember that 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 press conference by then FBI Director Comey. James yep. Comey. I mean, that had to have hurt. Absolutely. Her. So um, the, the fact that someone who is so <laughs> obviously a smart woman, obviously had been in government for many years, who had access to the highest levels of advice, could make such a mistake to to, to be seen as having been sloppy. Uh, you know, it's really. Um, you know, it's really, it's amazing to me and how, and people are saying, well, you know, there's, there's too much classified information and, and everything, everything is classified and we should declassify more. Okay. That's, that's fine. But, you know, I think these, these, these high level people have to do a better job, at least trying to look like they're following the rules. And th this kind yeah. of, you know, this, this bothers me too. And I've said this before in other venues. I mean, I, 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 I it, it was probably the right decision not to charge secretary Clinton. Um, I don't think President Biden will be charged. And ultimately, I don't think Donald Trump will get charged with this matter, with the Mar-a-Lago matter. Um, I think they're just going to say, uh, when all, all things considered, it's not worth it. They, there might still be problems with January 6th, but that's a different right. issue. Um, however, the way these, these VIPs are, are effectively most of the time walk away with nothing more than embarrassment is very different than how like you or I would be treated. If you are a junior military officer, you're a federal prosecutor, you're a civil servant in, in Homeland Security or at the CIA or something. If you did these kinds of things, if you if you transmitted classified information on a private server or you took doc classified documents home with you, even if you had no intention of doing anything else bad with them, you'd go to jail. Yeah. Like you'd go to jail, you'd lose your security clearance and you'd lose your job. You'd never get another job again in, in any kind of defense role. So I, I do think that 
uh, and this is maybe a, a personal kind of beef with all these people, is that I, I kind of wish that they would do a better job of following these rules because they expect all the rest of us to follow these totally. rules. Uh, and so, and as I, I know, I mean, on the military side, I, I have to, I have to brief young officers on how to follow the rules and I have to prosecute them if they don't follow right. the rules. So I, I think that whatever happens with all these different cases, I, I, it's a pet peeve of mine that I really wish these people would not just talk the talk, but they would really kind of walk the walk a little better. Could not agree more. Maybe. Listen, different cases, different situation. I'd be okay if Biden and Trump both stepped out at the next presidential election. I'm sorry. There should be an age limit. I'm saying it. Like, we should, this, if this is what causes that to happen, so be it. Wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> you know? But, uh. Well, you know, that, that's a good point. I mean, I, I don't know about, I mean, it's a good point about, um, the political ramifications, right? right? I mean, it, it's a good point that m maybe people will see both these. I mean, they, they each have their own their own situations and all that. Maybe people will see these and say, you know what? Um, maybe letting them ride off into the sunset, maybe letting them take a walk on this classified issue is is, is a good way, and it's a good signal to transition to the next the next you know set of, the next team on on both right. sides and have a fresh start. You know, maybe that's not a not a, like you say not a bad thing. exactly. Well, Joe, it has been lovely to have you. Thank you so much for providing insight, context, what's going on and helping analyze this situation. So I'm your host, Emily Gross. I'll be back next week with another episode of Bureaucracy. Thanks so much.